Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What's going down? Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the What's Going Down podcast here on Patreon, if it's ad-free or wherever you get your podcast. otherwise. My name is Kenny, joined as always by Finley Martin. Finn, how are you this, uh, it's not a sunny Tuesday, but it's not a dreary Tuesday either. Well, it's pretty miserable here in Lancaster, Kenny, but that's not going to, not going to dampen my spirits. No. The latest issue of Inside the Ropes magazine arrived at the Martin residence yesterday with Adam Copeland on the cover. Have you received the magazine yet, Kenny? I have. I received it today as well. So, and that will be in shops on Thursday, right? So yes. People can, and if you're a subscriber, you will, you know, can't promise it, but you tend to receive the issue earlier. So it's a packed issue. So hopefully people will enjoy it. Definitely. Definitely. Very striking cover. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yes, yes. So hopefully you enjoy that. Um, we're already working on the next one, obviously, and yeah, things hopefully to come. But you know, the the big news thing. Usually we talk about SmackDown and Raw, but the big news came over the weekend. It came from an Impact Wrestling pay per view. Who would have thunk it? That the big news had come from Impact, and I can't quite believe I'm saying this. The following, but Impact Wrestling are rebranding as of January to TNA. They are going back to TNA, uh, a brand that five to ten years ago was sort of scoffed at by people, and now the nostalgia train is all aboard. 
and this is the direction they're going. Where were you when you got the news and what do you think of it? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I only really uh, heard about it on Monday. I wasn't really paying attention to the wrestling news over the weekend. Um, But uh, yeah, the uh, train, the TNA wrestling train will be rolling into the station on Saturday, January 13th. Uh, with Hard to Kill, which would be from the Palms in Las Vegas. And, uh, yeah, they announced uh, that they were going back to TNA Wrestling at the end of the Bound for Glory pay-per-view. They had this video at the end of the show. And um, and after the announcement, they went back to the crowd and fans were chanting TNA. It's only a small crowd, but some fans were chanting TNA. And they had some of the TNA, like Eric Young and some of the original TNA people in the ring. Um so, yeah, I mean, it didn't really move me on any level, Kenny. I mean, I don't know whether it really makes much difference what this company's called. I think it's always, unless you spend a, t- a ton of money on it and somehow get a new TV deal that's going to be in a lot more homes, I think they're just going to just, you know, trundle along at this spate, at this rate, and they're not really going to be any bigger than they already have. You know, we, we've said this time and time again, we've said this for years, haven't we, that TNA or Impact Wrestling is in this position that it's in, and I just don't see it growing from here. It doesn't matter if it puts on a great show, and lots of Bound for Glory was really good. I mean, the last two matches, not as good as the rest of the show. But I mean, overall, this was a, you know, top-line pay-per-view in terms of match quality. But, I mean, were people really talking about that, Kenny? Or were they talking about it's, you know, reverting to the TNA wrestling name? The latter, I think. Yeah, I mean, the the biggest news story over the weekend, even getting into Monday, was the the TNA name change. That was what people were talking about. I actually put a poll on my Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, and about 1,150 people voted on it. And I said, do you like Impact Wrestling going back to the TNA name? It was either yes, no, or no difference to me. And with 64%, it was a yes. People like this going back to the, the name. Uh, 28% no difference to me and 8% no. A lot of people, I mean, even a lot of people have been talking about it and saying that, because there, there is this weird thing where when you get further away from something, the nostalgia will kick in. Yeah. And there's like people, you know, there's people who work for Inside the Ropes on the website and stuff who are younger. Liam Stewart's one of them. And, and he's, you know, he's in like his mid 20s. So for him, TNA is his nostalgia because, you know, when he was younger, what, my version of sort of like, you know, 1992 or 1997, his is 2006, 2007 TNA. So I think there will be a portion of the crowd who are, nostal- who are nostalgic for it, but I don't think that's going to be enough to make people watch every week. But, you know, if they can, you know, I know CM Punk was backstage at Bound for Glory. I mean, if they could get Punk... I mean, I, he would he would have to be doing it purely because he wants to, you know, do do something that, that takes away the 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 story being what happened in AEW. He needs to. Take, I, I think that there was a a story from someone somewhere over the weekend that said that CM Punk in AEW was earning fifteen to twenty times what a top name in Impact would be, would make. <laughs> so, but yeah, well, I mean, like if. Look, if if they want, because there's the whole thing with Impact Wrestling would like CM Punk. No shit, they would like him. Of course they would. That's that's me saying, 
I would be interested in doing a inside ropes tour with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, I would. But you know, you also need to. But you could you couldn't afford it. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, for me to get him over, it would not. I wouldn't be able to make any money. I would lose money hand over fist to yeah. to, do, to do that because the guy doesn't want to travel. So with Punk, maybe he's willing to do it for a lot less money. But I still think he would. If he was going to do it, it would need to be for enough money. Um, but. Sure, but, I mean, yes. why would he want to do it? I mean, he he did work for TNA, I believe, in two thousand four, very briefly. Yep. Um, he had, you know, that's where he had the famous fight with Teddy Hart, and that mm-hmm. ended very badly for CM Punk. Um, but his relationship with TNA was brief. Um, I don't think it was particularly satisfying for him, and I believe he was backstage because the event was held in his area, and he was. Catching up with old pals. Well, also I mean, we should we should mention that A Steel from from AEW. He now is a producer for Impact. He's been hired by Impact, so that's also a reason he was there because okay. Ace Steel works there now. Okay, so he would have been there, you know, probably seeking, you know, a pleasant, agreeable, harmonious wrestling backstage experience. <laughs> he had one of them for a while. So I'm sure it was a relief for him to go along and probably just have a laugh with the guys, you know. Uh, but I can't imagine for a moment that he would want to wrestle for TNA or Impact Wrestling. I mean, maybe a one-off appearance at Hard to Kill, they could persuade him to do that. But I think he would be devaluing himself joining Impact or TNA Wrestling. I mean, to me, why would you? Why would you want to join this company that's... I mean, as I say, Brown for Glory was an enjoyable show. I mean, there was, you know, it was very well done for the most part. Last team matches could have been slightly better, but I think it was a good show overall. Very good show overall, in fact. Um, But I can't, if I was advising CM Punk, you know, I can't think for a moment what he would stand to benefit from associating himself with this, you know, third ray of, not third rate in terms of quality, but third rate in terms of presence, you know, profile, um, live attendance, TV ratings, pay-per-view buys, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's it's just, I mean, we've got number one WWE, number two AEW, and then there's a massive drop-off before you get to Impact. Yeah, I mean, okay, because, I mean, AEW, you know, Dynamite is still averaging – Maybe eight hundred and fifty thousand viewers, I think, is roughly. Yeah, around about that, isn't it? Around yeah. that, yeah. Sometimes it hits nine hundred, sometimes it goes towards eight hundred. But you see, that's the average. And Impact Wrestling can't get a hundred thousand for the most part, so yeah. it's way, way lower. I think the only thing it would be right. a massive step down for him, wouldn't it, in terms of his personal credibility and his appeal and drawing power. And now, if he had, you know, a deep promotional connection to it, I can understand him making an appearance to help them out, but I just don't think he has. And whenever you think of Ring of Honor pre, uh, sorry, whenever you think of CM Punk pre-WWE, you think of Ring of Honor, which yeah. of course is owned by Tony Khan, so he's not going there. Um, the only thing I can think of as a potential is if he was to make an agreement and if he was to make an agreement and sort of come in for one big match and and sort of just do it to get some better press, you know, and they could, you know, it's like, you know, the the story when Jarrett was trying to get Hogan for that one match in TNA back in 03? Was it late 03? They did the angle in New Japan 
when Jarrett um, attacked Hogan and yes, I and, think he was yeah, all three yeah, yeah, and so you know they were trying to get for this one big match. I think I could I could see him accepting something very short term if it was the right situation. But who would it be? What would it be? Um, I mean, but I guess my but my original point was really just unless you're going to get a CM Punk, unless you're going to you know get like Osprey and Punk and Osprey's deals up in February to get a couple of names like that maybe then people would start to watch every week but I mean even then it's like we've 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 talked about this a hundred times about how much wrestling there is every week and who's got the time to yeah. I think if Impact was and I do not do this but if Impact was an hour if the TV show was an hour I think more people might be inclined to watch it because it's an easier you know you just you, if you watch on demand it's 45 minutes that's all you've got to get through but then I, you know, I don't know how big the roster is. Maybe that would be hurtful for the roster if the show. Yeah, went I mean, down. well, I mean, they tried it at the beginning for an hour, and it's really only a forty-five minute show, then, isn't it, with the adverts? Yeah. And like so many people, that means you can only really have three matches, four matches tops, and a few, you know, segments, interviews in between, unless it becomes this sort of blur of, you know, images and sounds, and you know, you're just bombarding people with, you know, just all these short segments that you know, then don't leave an impression and don't have the, um, don't achieve what you are setting out to do, which is, you know, the whole idea of putting on a TV show is to make sure that everything leaves an impression. And if it's just so rapid fire, sometimes it just gets lost, doesn't it? So I think the one hour show would not work for them. And there'll be lots of people who wouldn't appear on the TV program at all. And even your big stars might only appear like every other week. So I just don't think it would work as a one-hour show. They would just need to be on a channel um, that's in more that's a, you know got better availability and that's in more homes. And um, they aren't on that channel, and it doesn't look like they're going to be. And unless Anthem were to put up a you know spend an awful lot of money and probably buy the TV time, which I can't see them doing, then I don't see how they get from where they are to where people who are fans of Impacts, including mine, uh, including me even. Um, you know, we I would definitely like to see Impact, you know, have a stronger presence than it does in the wrestling business because it is a really good promotion and it does put on really good matches. But I don't see how it gets from where it is to where it once was. I just it just does not seem feasible without a massive cash injection, um, which would not be long term. I don't think I just don't think it would be worth the investment because yeah. of, as you said, Kenny, the amount of competition. So even if it massively ramped up its presence, do wrestling fans have enough hours in the week to support another company? And maybe, but I mean, that's a big risk, isn't it? Yeah, well, because even like with AEW, like my personal favourite point of AEW was when there was just Dynamite, because I would look forward to each week. It'd be a two-hour show. It was quite easily digestible. But then if a company becomes successful, they do add more shows. That's the yeah. the model now, right? That's the the model and everything is that more and more and more. So, you know, if Impact were to do well with it, with the show Impact Wrestling, then or the show Impact. I mean, the one thing that's good about the name change is that will become less confusing to talk about Impact Wrestling's TV show Impact that they have yeah. every week. But I mean, the yeah, the the goal is always going to be to to grow stuff and. If Impact were to do well and then add a second TV show, then we'd be back in the same position we're in now. Because I mean, even people, I've noticed that people in the last kind of twelve months really struggle to keep up with stuff now. 
yeah. it's, it's too difficult. It's just, you know. But anyway, we'll, we'll move on. We'll see um, how the name change goes in January. I mean, it, they can't do any worse being called TNA. No, I don't, yeah. I, to me, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure a lot of the respondents to your poll were driven by nostalgia. You know, very yeah. much like when you watch John Cena on SmackDown, people cheer him now. And obviously, yeah. five or six years ago, he was booed almost every week. And now that he's a nostalgia act, he's just dropping in. Everyone knows it's just a temporary thing. People like him. And also, as we've covered many times on this podcast, he's not the guy that he once was. He's not this threat. He's not preventing the growth and progress of up-and-comers. He's just there as, you know, almost this sort of special guest. So, so everything, you know, the whole... You know, the optics of Cena now have changed. And I think that's the same with TNA Wrestling. People are like, oh, yeah, it'd be great that it comes back. But once that new name's in place, will anything else change? I mean, as I say, unless, they've got a, unless they're going to invest a lot of money in the production, and I did read a story a while ago saying that, you know, which stated that TNA or Impact Wrestling, there was going to be loads more money thrown at the TV and, you know, it was going to be massively upscaled. And there was really no evidence of that at all at Bound for Glory. Um, if that you know does come in in conjunction with hard to kill, then that's a different conversation because yeah. then it's going to feel like a bigger budget version of what it is right now. And to me, that's the only way it can regain some of those lost viewers is if it doesn't look like a kind of small time outfit. Yeah. Um, and as I've already said, to go from small time to big time requires a massive investment. And would that pay off well? That would be a risk. Well, let's move on to SmackDown and Raw. So on SmackDown, we had a segment to open the show with Ellie Knight and Paul Heyman. Reigns wasn't there. It's setting up the fact that next week or this week now, we're going to have the contract signing for Crown Jewel. The match was made official. Ellie Knight versus Roman Reigns. How do you think Ellie Knight did here with Heyman? How did Heyman do selling the gravitas of Knight as a challenger? Talk me through your thoughts. I thought, um, I know quite a few people have accused LA Knight of ripping off or imitating or patterning his act after Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I didn't want to believe it previously, but there was a lot of evidence of LA Knight almost trying to be Steve Austin in this segment with Paul Heyman. And that was a mistake. That was a big mistake. And it just sucked the energy and the enthusiasm out of the crowd because he was there telling Heyman to shut up and just doing a lot of things that Austin would have done in that if that segment had taken place like 21, 22 years ago. I thought Heyman tried his best here. And I thought Knight, I'm not saying it was a disaster, um, but there was a little bit too much of Stone Cold Steve Austin in this segment and not enough of LA Knight. And LA Knight needs to be original. He can't be an imitator of a beloved star of 20 years ago. He needs to be himself. And he didn't really feel like he was himself here. What did you make of it, Kenny? Um, Yeah, I mean, it was okay, but I wasn't wowed by it. And maybe that's subconsciously because of what you're saying. Maybe it is the... I, I feel like it's just more... Like, in my mind, he's so over. And he is really charismatic, but this just didn't feel like... This felt like more of a stopgap promo than a promo to sell a match to me and you know yeah. I, there was some cute lines about you know Knight saying that he would yeah, turn Heyman's 
Hare Gray again, or you know, Michael Myers, or come back over and over. But it, yeah, it didn't, it didn't make me excited for the match. But I'm hoping that this Friday, when they do the contract sign and Reigns is there, that that's going to be, you know, the big, the big moment. There's going to be something. I almost wonder if Reigns should, you know, call out that stuff about Ellie Knight that you're saying and have Ellie Knight cut a pretty impassioned reply that answers those questions. You know, because I, I saw a clip on Twitter today where somebody had reposted a a clip of Roman Reigns saying to Cody Rhodes, you know, you left here, started your own promotion, couldn't go over there. And in response, Cody kind of comes back at him and has a fiery promo and sort of shuts Reigns down and they had that back and forth. So I'm hoping that Knight is able to have that back and forth with Reigns and be able to handle, you know, the shots that Reigns is going to have to give him on Friday. Well, most of all, Knight has got to convince us this Friday on SmackDown that he can beat Roman Reigns. Yeah. And no one believes that Roman Reigns is going to lose the belt to LA Knight at Crown Jewel. No, nobody. And he's almost in a similar position to Shinsuke Nakamura in his series with Seth Rollins, in that they were both swimming upstream and they were really, really trying, but there were so many obstacles for them to overcome. Um, And, yeah, I mean, we knew this match was coming, and um, they did make a big production out of announcing it on SmackDown in the opening segment. Uh Um, But, yeah, that's the problem. None of us believe that Reigns, look at all the people that he's beaten. We don't need to go through it here. This would be probably the rest of the podcast. Um, and it's inconceivable that he is going to lose the championship to LA Knight at Crown Jewel. So they need to come out, and Knight especially needs to come out with all guns blazing on Friday, and he needs to come out and he needs to try and persuade us that he can pull off this, in, you know, the upset of the century. Mm-hmm. That's what he needs to do. Um, and if he doesn't do that, then I think he's going to be in a lot of trouble because this is a huge test for him. We've been saying this also for weeks, haven't we, Kenny? Yep, we've been. Yes, yeah, so, I mean, we're going to have the answer. But yeah, at the moment, nobody buys he's going to win. So this Friday is the night to sell it to us because they are going to be taping the following Friday's SmackDown as well on this Friday because obviously yeah. next week they're going to be going to Riyadh. The show's on Saturday, so you know they'll need to... Any sell job they've got, they're going to have to give us this Friday. Yeah. But let's talk about your pal, Finn. Big JC, he's back. He was hinting at retirement. And I thought, don't you tease me, John. Don't <laughs> tease me. Uh, he, you know, he does this rah-rah speech. And, you know, he, he's, he's thought about retirement. and He's, He um, says it's 2,002 days since I last won a televised match. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, and his last win was in 2018. And then he said he had to face reality, talks about retirement. It's time to face the facts. And the, the crowd chant, you've still got it. you still got it. I've been talking a whole lot about retirement. Has he really been talking a lot about retirement? I mean, maybe he has, and I just haven't been listening. He, he did say the thing on the post. What was the last pay-per-view? Fastlane? Fastlane, yeah. He, yeah. On the Fastlane post-show press conference, he did mention that he has to figure out a way to keep up with people. But he didn't oh, yes, of course. The time. Yeah, they but like, the thing with LA Knight. Actually, LA Knight, you know, came across really well. I watched that. Uh, yeah, he was really good. I thought he came across well. He came across really likable yep. and really natural. And this is, of course, the problem they've got is that they're reading out scripted, you know, lines that are written for them. Yeah. And thought Knight came across really well at that press conference. And I've got to give credit to Cena as well. He, um, you know, hung back and he allowed Knight to shine, he allowed him to have a spotlight. So credit to Cena for that. Um, but you no, I mean, yes. So yes, he's talking about a lot about retirement and then, just did a U-turn and said that, you know, he's, you know, the next person who comes through that curtain is going to get smoked. And out comes Solo Sokoa. We get a fight. Cena initially had the upper hand. Then Jimmy Uso sneaked up behind Cena and it was a two-on-one attack. They're all brawling. And then uh, Jimmy Uso gets pulled out by a guy dressed in black with a mask on and it, re- it reveals to be Jay Uso. Jay's just, you know, battering Jimmy. Cena hits the A on Solo. So it feels like we're going to be getting Cena and Solo at Crown Jewel. Yes. If I were Solo Sokoa, run as far as you can. (laughs) Because there is no hiding. Can you imagine how loud he's going to call those spots against Solo Sokoa? Oh, God. And the uh, fact that Cena brought up that he hasn't won a match on TV since 2018, mm-hmm. you know, kind of telegraphs the outcome, doesn't it? Yep. Sorry, we... Solo. Sorry, <laughs> mate. <laughs> but we did end up, uh, I should admit, because obviously Jay Uso turned up, and then we ended up having a segment backstage with uh, Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce because of what happened. And Nick Aldis finds Jay Uso $10,000. And then he and, and he also then, uh, you know, Adam Pierce is there and he's trying to get people, he's trying to defuse everything. And then Aldous kicks him out as well. And Pierce says, if that's where you want to play it, let the games begin. So looks like some Raw versus SmackDown fun coming our way, Finn. Yeah, possibly. But then, I mean, I was thinking after that segment um, was broadcast, I was thinking, this is going to leak. We were just talking, weren't we, about Nick Aldis? You know, having these aspirations to wrestle for WWE. I was thinking, this is it. It's going to be Nick Aldis versus Adam Pearce at Survivor Series. Probably not Survivor Series, but at some point. Um, but then they backtracked on, on this on Raw, didn't they? Nick Aldis was there and he apologised to Pearce. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I think they were planting the seed here and just making us think that, mm, yeah, maybe there will be a match between these two general man- managers. You know, I actually think that could be quite a successful match. Um, you know, Pierce is given time to get in ring shape again. You know, it's the sort of match that I think he could do well. I mean, he is over now. I mean, he was said, I think it was last week, he was such a, 
bore when he was in Ring of Honor and on the indie circuit. But I think Pierce has totally reinvented himself as this, you know, official, this authority figure in WWE. And I think he's got a pretty good connection with the audience. I think actually an oldest versus Pierce match could be a success. So I'm all, I'm, I'm all for it, Kenny. All yeah, for well, it. Because also what they could what they could do is they could have the two of them lead Survivor Series teams they, yes. against each other, which which yes. would also mean that they wouldn't have you know you wouldn't be asking too much of Pierce. You'd have you know because we're in a few weeks we'll be talking about Survivor Series 2003 with the Team Austin versus Team Bischoff match. Yeah, and if those when those matches are matches that WWE can do very well, there's numerous examples: the Team WWF versus Team Alliance one, the 03 one with Austin and Bischoff, the 2014 one with Team Authority against Team Cena. So these matches can do really well. Uh, and even the, the, the 2016 one, it was the first Raw versus SmackDown one, it was like Jericho, Owens, Rollins, Reigns, and Braun Strowman for Raw against, I think it was Ambrose, AJ Styles, Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and somebody else. So yeah, I mean, I, I think those those matches can really work well. So hopefully we get it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, it did, it did feel like this was, you know, setting the, you know, the groundwork setting the table for a Survivor Series match with those two as team captains, maybe not wrestling, or maybe yeah. just in the respective corners. Uh, we have Logan Paul coming out. He obviously called it Rey Mysterio after he won his fight against Dylan Dennis. And he said that Rey Mysterio's got something he wants, the US title. And Mysterio came out to interrupt it. And Mysterio said, you know, you remind me a lot of Dominic. Great career ahead of you, but a big mouth. And basically he offers... Logan Paul crown uh, jewel title shot. Logan Paul accepts. I have never been sure, Finn, that Logan Paul is going to win a match than this one. <laughs> it feels like time. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, you know, I echo those sentiments, Kenny. I mean, they shook hands on it, and uh, Paul, as he left, Logan Paul left, as he was leaving the ring, he was beaming like a man who was already champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like, you know, you're supposed to be, and and Rey Mysterio in the ring looked like a guy who was about to lose a championship. And, you know, I think it's time for Paul to win a belt in WWE. And I've got no objection to this at all. And Rey Mysterio, I'm sure Dominic Mysterio will be involved in the finish. So, I mean, I imagine that Rey will be protected when Paul wins the belt from him. I think Logan Paul can actually do a lot with that US title. And I think it could be good for him and good for WWE as well. So, you know, I, I'm actually quite looking forward to Logan Paul becoming the US champion. And then our main event on SmackDown was EO Sky defending the SmackDown women's title against, or the sorry, the WWE women's title against Charlotte Flair. They go about 13 and a half minutes. Luckily, I was dreading that she was going to win the title because... Nothing worse than a boring Charlotte Flair reign. But Eosky gets the win here. Obviously, she doesn't... I mean, Eosky's ne- never really getting clean wins here, which is kind of making her reign a bit of a dud, to be honest. But uh, I'm curious, because and then obviously post-match damage control try and beat down Charlotte. And Bianca Belair makes the big surprise return, uh, saves um, and, and sort of saves Charlotte, and Bianca and Charlotte celebrate to end the show. So what did you make of the match overall and the return of Bianca? I thought this was Charlotte Flair's best performance since WrestleMania. She looked, um, you know, on so many levels, not only physically, but I particularly like the way that she seemed so disgruntled afterwards that she had lost and she hadn't won the belt. And I thought she really sold, you know, the gravity of not winning the championship from Eosky here. Um, you know, 
Maybe she was channeling some real emotions there, Kenny. She probably was. <laughs> don't love me anymore. What? I'm not automatically going to win the belt when I'm booked in a title match. How dare they? It almost like that. It was almost as if that's what she was really thinking. But I thought I thought this match was great. I mean, it was a tremendous um, false finish. Um, Flair blocked a moonsault with her feet um, and then hit a spear um, and made the cover. Uh, but your sky was very close to the bottom, very close to the ropes, and Bailey placed Sky's foot on the bottom rope before the referee hit three. So it was just a false finish. It wasn't a title change. Um, Flair was livid about this, attacked Bailey at ringside, actually threw her over the announce desk onto the announcers. I thought that was it just sort of looked really spontaneous. I'm sure it wasn't, but it looked spontaneous. Uh, the referee was distracted. Meanwhile, Dakota Kai passed the title belt to Eo Sky, and then Charlotte returned to the ring and nailed Eo with another spear. But as she did so, Eo was holding the title belt, so Charlotte crashed into the title belt that Eo was holding, and then Eo scored the one, two, three. And I thought, yeah, it protected Charlotte on the finish, but I think it also was, you know, a, a good win for Eo Sky as well. And then afterwards, Bailey beat down Charlotte Flair and Bianca Belair, Bianca Belair returned. Um, and she ended up blasting Bailey with the KOD. So Bianca is back. But yeah, I thought this was a this was a really good main event, uh, absolutely worthy main event of SmackDown. And I thought Charlotte Flair and your sky looked like stars. And um yeah, I thought this was Charlotte's best performance since uh, since WrestleMania. It was it was a step up. I mean, yeah, I think the, the match was fun enough. I, I I am just a bit concerned about Eo's title reign. That's my only concern because she's she's not really getting to have any decisive victories. And I think when, when she loses it, I don't think we'll look back on her reign as that interesting or exciting. Like I think Bianca had a much better reign, even though it was quite long and stuff, because she was getting big wins, she was beating people, but Eo seems to always need the assist of damage control. But we'll see how it pans out. We'll see if her reign is long and if she starts to get some big wins on her own. Um, yeah, a couple of other things, can I just yeah. quickly mention. It was great to see Alba Fire and Isla Dawn in a video. So we haven't seen them for quite a few weeks. Um, it appears that they are about to make a return. Hopefully they will win the tag team belts when they do. Um, Montez Ford has got himself in shape again. I want to acknowledge that because I did bring it up when he had Kind of wasn't in shape, but now he is. Bobby Lashley's obviously been applying the pressure. Bobby Lashley's been laying the law down, Montez. I need you in that gym. You know, you're with me now. <laughs> you need to look your best. So I thought Ford looked good. They won. Sadly, it was a fluke roll-up on Santos Escobar. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, Ford did get the win, and he's looking good. And um, what else on the show was worth a mention? Um, oh, Kevin Owens did an interview, and he talked about his separation from Sami Zayn which he called bittersweet. Uh, but Owens talked about all the matches um, that he was looking forward to having on SmackDown. So I don't really have anything to add to that. But uh, yeah, overall, you know, I thought it was a, a decent episode. Not a blockbuster, you know, A-list episode, but I thought it was a, you know, a decent episode of SmackDown. Yeah, easy watch and some some stuff happened. So I think this Friday will feel like a bigger one. Obviously, they're on FS1 this week, so uh, they won't be getting as big a rating as they usually do. But um, the Roman Reigns Alien contract sign is a big, a big segment. So hopefully they'll get some viewers in for that. 
Yes. Um, on Raw, we opened the show with the Judgment Day coming out, and they were interrupted by Cody Rhodes, and this ends up leading to uh, a challenge for Crown Jewel. Uh, and uh, it was in fact it was Damian Priest who challenged Cody Rhodes to a match. Yes, Priest Priest said that if Cody was going to pretend. Because obviously Jay Uso and Damien Priest had the match on Raw, and Priest was like, you know I've got a match tonight against Jay Uso, but you know, we can meet at Crown Jewel. Cody accepts. And then afterwards, Rhea and Dom come out. Uh, then Jay, Jay comes out as well, and we ended up having uh, JD McDonough come out to stack the odds for Judgment Day, and then they ended up taking out Cody's leg when Priest slammed a chair onto Cody's leg uh, against the first chair that had been placed on it as people came out to break it up. So Cody's selling the injury. I thought it was a pretty hot opening segment. and set things up nicely for the show. The Judgment Day are probably the most interesting act in WWE right now, I would say. Yeah, they're, they're definitely the top heel faction right now. I mean, which is saying something, but I mean, Roman Reigns is absent most of the time, so maybe it's not saying that much. Um, but I mean, yeah, I thought it was, it was a good uh, angle here. And um, there was no sort of hint at any point that Damien Priest was going to cash in the briefcase. You know, that, that wasn't brought up, I don't think, during the show. And if, well, we did been, have, Was that brought up during the show? We did have the segment later that kind of ties into this as well, where Rhea Ripley spoke to Seth Rollins and sort of said, you know, yeah, maybe you should get some insurance from the Judgment Day. And then this is when Rollins said, oh, you you don't think Priest has got it in him to cash in and win the belt? And she said, well, no, it's just, you know, instead of it being our world champion, why don't you be the world champion? Because if you come with us, then Damien might cash in on someone else. And yes. she kind of tries to sell that to, to Rollins. And Rollins says, you know, if there's one thing I don't want to be anything like, it's Roman Reigns. And then Rhea just says, with a great line, she goes, that wasn't a no. Think yeah. about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was backstage. Yeah, I was more sort of suggesting that there wasn't Priest himself wasn't trying no, no, no. yeah. to cash in or mentioning it, but he had enough else to do on the show. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I thought it was a, a really good opening angle. And obviously Priest versus Cody Rhodes, that's a big match for Damien Priest at, at Crown Jewel. Um, and it led to, yeah, this big commotion and big loads of mayhem at ringside. It was, I think it was actually his ankle that they targeted and they placed a chair on Rhodes' left ankle and then um, Priest uh, smashed the chair that was placed against Rhodes' left ankle with a chair, and Rhodes was selling it and limped all the way backstage and had to go and see the trainer. So he's got another injury. I mean, he only just recovered from that injury in the feud we brought Lesnar, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, it was it was a very good opening segment, and then I, you know that that Rhea Seth Rollins segment I thought was excellent. Rhea Ripley is just on a tear right now; she's doing so well. The fact that they're all over the show and they don't feel overplayed is a testament to how effective I think the judgment they are right now. Yeah, and definitely. And I think Rhea Ripley um, saying these things to Seth Rollins, this is all going to play into the Rhea Ripley-Becky Lynch feud when that begins. I'm really looking forward actually to Rhea Ripley and Dominic Mysterio versus Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. I know they've been hesitant to um, feature Rollins and Lynch together on screen ever since... The, was it the 2019 run that was a bit of a flop, wasn't yeah, it? Do you remember the, that, Kenny? The, the Corbin Lacey Evans mixed tag at Stomping Grounds. Oof, yeah. I mean, 
Lynch and Rollins, it just did not work back then. But I think in 2024, I think it will do because I think it will be presented differently and the characters are stronger now. Certainly the Rollins character is you know, a lot more fleshed out. So, And I think also with Ripley and Dominic Mysterio being so effective as heels, I think that could be, that's a pay-per-view worthy match. I'm not sure, I mean, they could even do it at Elimination Chamber. Probably won't do because Rollins and Ripley and Lynch will probably be in the Chamber matches, but that's a match you could actually do at Elimination Chamber, I think. Yeah, 100%. So, um, um, yeah, very good stuff. Uh, we also on the show had, in response to the Nick Aldis and Adam Pierce thing, Aldis shows up here and he said, Look, I want to, we got off on the wrong foot, you know, and they kind of shake hands. And Pierce says, Well, instead of, you know, being kicked out, why don't you stay and watch the show? And Aldis thanks him and goes off on his way. And then later on, uh, Nick Aldis is seen speaking to Katana Chance and Caden Carter. And Pierce ends up saying, you know, you're not supposed to be here talking to my talent. And Aldis says, I'm going to save you a job because I can see what's coming. I'm going to head off. So another little tease to their potential rivalry. Yeah, I mean, what Aldis should have said there was, well, you're not doing anything with these two. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, which he isn't and yeah. it's like they're all dressed up suited up and ready for a match and that was their only appearance on the show wasn't it yeah so yeah I mean and you, but that was kind of a theme of the show there was them and there was the Miz later who said to Adam Pierce, you know uh, Nick, Nick Aldis respects me respects what I can do so we're, we're kind of getting that there I did want to ask you though about Becky Lynch faced Indy Hartwell in her latest NXT title defence I know in the past You've been critical of Indy Hartwell's in-ring work. Did she do any better here to sort of sell you that she's got more chops in terms of being an in-ring player? Yeah, I thought this. I thought this was better than anything we've seen from her on the main roster, and um, I just think it's a stage fright. I think it's a confidence thing because she wasn't brilliant in NXT, but she was certainly competent. I mean, she was more than adequate. I thought she could. Put, get through a match without screwing anything up. And um, you never really saw her, even though she became NXT Women's Champion, you never really saw her as a top act there. But she was good enough that it wasn't embarrassing that she became champion. And um, yeah, I thought this match here with Lynch was fine. Um, Lynch won by tap out with the Disarmer. I think we all knew that Lynch was going to win. It was in, you know, unthinkable that Howell was going to dethrone Lynch, especially when uh, Lyra Valkyria was at ringside. And Lynch will be defending the belt against Lyra tonight uh, at NXT on Halloween Havoc Week 1. So there's a nice little push for that match at the end where they had a little stare down at ringside. Valkyria was just over the barrier. Yeah, I thought Hartwell did okay here. Um, And hopefully this will be a confidence boost for her. Um, And, um, you know, backstage afterwards, uh, we, we saw during the match that Candice LeRae, who's like this... A matriarch figure, isn't she? She's like this, mm-hmm. you know, you know, parental figure to Indy Hartwell. Like, uh, and she was backstage watching Indy on the big screen, and then Zia Lee turned up and attacked Candice. So, presume hopefully that'll lead to a Zia Lee Candice match, and then Zia Lee will be the next challenger to Becky Lynch on Raw. Uh, elsewhere on the show, we had Rhea Ripley came out for the contract signing for the five weight crown jewel, and ended up. Turned into a Barney with uh, with all the women fighting, and Ripley kind of smiles as Nia Jax kind of takes out the competition and 
waves at Naya. Actually, this is this is pretty good, and I mean they've done a really good job of having multiple. Obviously, in terms of the match, you know Zo- nobody believes Zoe Stark has a fighting chance. No, in, in this, but they've done a good job of kind of making Rodriguez look like a bit more of a player. Naya looks like a bit of a player. So I mean, Shayna and Zoe are just kind of there to fill out the numbers, but the fact they've got two kind of challengers that seem like they could be a threat to Rhea, I think it's a pretty impressive stat, given how... Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, yeah, I, th- I thought it was a different way of presenting the contract signing, and Adam Pearce was there, and he had the contract, and he called out the challengers, and each one signed the contract one by one. They weren't all sat around, you know, with a table in the middle, waiting for the someone to go through the table, and, you know, the furniture to be thrown to ringside, so it was a different way of doing it, which I thought was refreshing. Um, and... Um, I think he suggested that Rhea Ripley wasn't going to come out and then she did come out anyway and she complained that this was a conspiracy by Adam Pearce and that she could have she could beat any of the women in the ring by herself one on one but with four opponents then it was you know designed to bring her down um she then uh, you know then that led to a big kickoff in the ring and um, the, uh, you know, Shayna was taken out and Zoe Stout was taken out and it led to actually uh, Naya and Raquel Rodriguez. And actually Naya had started the kickoff in the first place by insulting Raquel Rodriguez and the people of Texas. Um, and Naya is really good in this heel role. People, you know, people really do not like her. Genuinely, they don't like her. And I, I think they don't like her in an entertaining way as well. So it works either way, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, I thought Naya and, yeah, it all came down to Naya and Raquel. And uh, in the end, Jax flattened uh, Raquel. And Jax was definitely presented as the biggest threat to Rhea Ripley when this ended. Um, and I think it's going to be Rhea Ripley versus Naya Jax at Survivor Series. So I imagine one of the also rans will do the job at Crown Jewel. And uh, that'll lead to Ripley versus Naya. Um, later in the month, which I think, you know, I think will be a big match. Um, we also had Johnny Gargano defeating Giovanni Vinci and that, and Champa returned to, to take out Kaiser. So DIY are officially back together. So good for them. Yes. Yeah. G- uh, Johnny Gargano um, beat um, Vinci. Yeah. Uh, Champa returned and ran off Ludwig Kaiser at ringside. Um, now, did we get the was Gunter wasn't on the show, was it? No. Right, okay. Cause I was expecting some uh, Ludwig and Vinci to uh have like uh <laughs> receive a stern telling off from Gunter backstage after Vinci had lost this match to Gargano. But I imagine that'll be taking place next week on Raw. Yeah, that that'll be coming next week. Um we also had the big Drew McIntyre Sami Zayn match, and we had Drew actually go up to Jay Uso backstage before the match and said, you know. Because obviously Jay, he said, oh, I'm so sorry, Jay. You know, I can't imagine how it feels to have the bloodline cost you a title, which is just such a great line. Like, because he's right. You know, he's, the, the best heels in wrestling have a point, And McIntyre yeah. does. And he says, you know, everybody's been telling me, just get over it. And then he said, you know, if you weren't here on Raw, this match with Sammy wouldn't be happening. So whatever happens during the match is on you. And that leads us to Drew versus Sammy. And these guys just had a main event level match. But they just, Drew McIntyre has not seemed as relevant as this in years. I and mean, it's the, the storyline's so good. Sami Zayn's so likable. You've got Rhea Ripley out there trying to 
you know, initially thinking is she going to try and cost Drew the match, and then she actually helps him win by distracting yeah. Sammy. You get the near falls of the blue thunder bomb. This was just top tier stuff to me. Yeah, it was. I thought it was a bit of a slow starter, and I think because Drew hasn't properly turned heel yet, it took people a little while to work out who they were supposed to be rooting for. Um, but the match was so good um, towards the end um, that I mean, they didn't. They were just rooting for the match. You know, they were just enjoying, they were immersing themselves in the action. It was that good. I mean, Zayn's sunset flip. Powerbomb uh, was, you know, good. That was a really good near fall, and people really bit on that one. And then Zayn, as you said, hit the blue thunderbomb, and that was another cracking near fall there. Um, and then Rhea Ripley came out, as you said, another appearance by Rhea Ripley, you know, judgment days all over the show. But I mean, they're enhancing things, you know, they're not stealing the spotlight from other people. And that's the that's the reason why they're working. And that's the reason why it doesn't feel like overkill and it doesn't feel like the McMahons 20 years ago, you know, when they get involved in something, it's for a purpose and it's to advance a story. It doesn't just benefit them. It benefits the other people they're interacting with on screen at the time. And I think that's a point that's worth making. And um, so, yeah, Rhea Ripley came out and she ended up distracting Zane and then McIntyre hit the Claymore for the one, two, three. Camera angle wasn't quite right on the Claymore kick. <laughs> We no. could see that Sammy got his hand up, yes. um, although it wasn't anywhere near as bad as SmackDown. I think was it. I think was it. Uh, it was Jimmy, wasn't it? When Jimmy came out and he threw a super kick at Cena, and Cena yeah. actually fell down um, before the before like the kick the kick any made came anywhere close to hitting his hands. So um just get him out of the ring, get him out, <laughs> take him back to Hollywood. Can we just Oh yeah? You know, it seemed like fell down before Jimmy's super kick, you know, made contact with his hands. So uh, you know, that was pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, this this was yeah, really good match. Uh echo your thoughts on that one. And um yeah, how has Drew entered into an agreement with the judgment day secretly? We don't know, possibly. Because we did see that we did see that Seth Rollins came up to him yeah. after the after the match. So I said, "Oh, you know, look at you getting the win and all that." And they both agreed, no judgment day. That was the the agreement that they apparently made to each other. Yeah. And he said, "May the best man win." But the, you know, somebody is going to get help from the judgment day. It feels like is going to happen. Oh yeah, and, yeah. There's going to be a big storyline advancement at Crown Jewel for sure. I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm really pleased about that because we obviously know what's going to happen in Roman Reigns versus LA Knight. And we're pretty sure that Rhea Ripley is going to return her title. So some of these matches are already rather predictable. But when it comes to Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins, that could go either way. And there's lots of potential outcomes there. Um, and then the main event of the show was J.S.O. Damian Priest. Um, and they you know, got a decent amount of time, 12 and a half minutes. And in the end... Of course, the judgment the judgment they end up being the ones to stand tall as Damien Priest got the win. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean it was a big week, a big win for Priest, um, a big week for the judgment day, as we've said, them all over the show. Um, and I think Damien Priest needed uh this win over Jey Uso. I mean, he because obviously he's wrestling Cody Rhodes at Crown Jewel. Um, you know, and after the match of Finn Balor came out, you know, he distracted Jay, so it was, you know tainted win for Priest, of course. I mean, you know, 
there was no way that Damien Priest was going to score a clean win over main event Jay Uso. Uh, or Uso. Um, so yeah, Cody, uh, Cody Rhodes came out afterwards, limped out. His ankle was still hurting uh, to save um, Jay from a post-match beatdown by the Judgment Day. And um, Rhodes actually fared pretty well, didn't he? Even though he was like a one-legged man. You know, this one-legged man did all right in this ass-kissing, ass-kicking, ass-kicking contest, even, Kenny. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was, it, was a, it was a decent main event, and I think that Damien Priest did need the win. Obviously, Judgment Day getting the upper hand, but Jay so didn't lose much in defeat. And then we've got the post-match where they're beating up they're, they're beating up Jay, and then Cody comes out to make the save. He tries to do the reverse to, or tries to return the favour to Damien Priest with the chair on the ankle, but Balor gets him out in time. So, yeah, good finish to the show. And overall, a pretty funny thorough. They're keeping up a good bit of momentum with it, and hopefully it feels like we're, we're starting to get somewhere. We're starting to get some storyline advancement. The the dark days of the payback fast lane era seem to be behind us, thankfully. Yeah, I think I think you know once Crown Jewel's out of the way, the next stop is Survivor Series, and that's gonna feel like a big show for sure. And at that point, Royal Rumble's only two months away, and you know once Royal Rumble, you know it feels like we're on the road to Royal Rumble, then we're into WrestleMania season, and it just feels like everything will be big and everything. You know, there's the problem, of course, and we talked about this a lot, is that. I think they've already got the WrestleMania card pretty much worked out. And they're really just sort of filling time until they get, you know, to the road to WrestleMania season. So in some ways, they kind of, you know, it's good that they planned ahead, but the problem is it's sort of obvious where they're going. And in the meantime, they've just kind of got to fill time. And that's been, I think, the stumbling block in recent months. Well, yeah, and I, I'm, I, I'm not. It's not very obvious what all the WrestleMania matches are going to be. So there's at least some, some, some interest in what that's, what that's going to look like, what the card's going to look like. You know, we, well, I mean, well, I mean, we know it's. We figure it's going to be Roman versus Cody or Roman versus Rock, but Cody's going to be involved in some, some fashion. I mean, yeah, it's going to be and Rhea it, Ripley versus Becky Lynch. Yeah, I mean, we, like we, we, you know, we don't know what the the, the WWE World Title match is going to be. You know, no, we don't. They're, but they're, I think yeah. Rollins will be involved in some. I, I mean, I've, I'm still not convinced about this Drew thing, and it's possible Drew will win the belt, and then he'll defend against Rollins at I WrestleMania. I, I can't see Rollins still having the belt at WrestleMania. No, I don't think he will have. Yeah, I think Rollins is going to lose the belt. He's either going to lose it to Drew, or he's going to lose it to Damian Priest. But yeah. I think Rollins will be involved, and it just feels like you know the Judgment Day is going to be a huge part of it. It's going to be Rollins. I think it seems to me they're going to try and spin out the Jimmy and Jay thing until then. I, I really think they're going to. So I, to me, it just feels like I can sort of see WrestleMania to me is already taking shape, even though WrestleMania is what, what is it? Five and a half months away. Um, and, but it just feels like, yeah, because they've already kind of worked out where they're going. They don't want to spoil those matches by giving them away, even though they're sort of already, hinting at them and teasing us with those matches. Well, we will keep an eye as things develop as we get to Survivor Series and then through our Rumble and then to WrestleMania. We will be here with you on the whole journey, as we always are. So um, we do hope you check out InsideTheRoadsMagazine.com, the new magazine Thursday, so you can uh, check that out. 
Um, also, Patreon is the best way we can get more stuff from us. Our No Mercy 2003 review is up right now. You can hear Finn, Sandra, and I try to come to grips with father versus daughter and swelling chests and <laughs> biker chains. It's a, it's a strange job that we have. But yeah, somebody's got to do it. It wasn't such a bad show, actually. I mean, we, we sort of enjoyed a lot of it. We yeah. enjoyed a lot of the show. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Yeah, we did. And, you know, that's all we can really ask for, especially when we know that 2004 looms upon us. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for all your support, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 